0: Hello, I'm Monique Renee, and this is Fierce and Flowing, the podcast for women leaders seeking to harness their purpose and power while designing sacred lives of freedom and flow. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Fierce and Flowing. I'm so very excited to share my fierce conversation with you. Jen Vera, a fellow shamanic high priestess and the creatrix of the divine dark feminine, the Huntress Retreat and Sacred Rage Party shares incredible wisdom with all of us. In particular, Jen hopes her vulnerable share will support many women who find themselves in a similar experience. Listen in as we discuss the fierce moment that drove her into her own dark feminine descent a sacred reclamation of herself. The many empowering faces of the feminine, most people fear and ignore. Learning how to fulfill our needs in healthy ways and create healthy interdependence in our relationships. The gift of embodying our rage. Living with less hypervigilance and control and more peace and trust with the unknown. And learning how to co create moment to moment and so much more. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did.
1: Hello, Jen. How are you? I'm great, Monique. I'm so happy to be here today. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're so welcome. I've been wanting to do this conversation for a while now, but I'm glad we did it now because we're going to also be talking about a very special event you have coming up that I'm really excited To learn more about. Um, But before we go any further, I want to go ahead and formally introduce you to everyone who's going to be listening in. So all of you out there, this is Jen Vera, and she currently guides clients into aspects of the divine dark feminine, supporting them into mature leadership that integrates mind, body, heart, and sex. She's a trained shamanic priestess, And medicine woman with a strong business, psychology, and somatic background. And her background combines a decade of coaching and entrepreneurial experience, having formerly been a business and sales coach, guiding women into relating with money and their sales differently and in more aligned ways. She brings a lot of grounded, practical practice into her higher spiritual concepts and supports clients in bringing forth more vitality, and life force into their lives through shadow work, somatic practices, and pleasure. And right now she lives in Sedona, Arizona, and she's the creatrix of Sacred Rage Party, which we're going to be talking about, the Huntress Retreat, and Sexy Sacred Sales. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) It's all so delicious, Jen. So. Jen, the first thing we do in this conversation is dive right into a fierce moment that you've experienced in your life. It could be recent or in the past, you know, something that, that you would say, I really had to step out of my comfort zone. I had to show up differently. I had an aha moment and said, no more. I'm not going to be that person anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do things that way. You know, what is one of those fierce moments for you?
1: Well, this is a really special conversation because I haven't shared this too much publicly. I tend to not discuss much of my personal life online. Um, I know some people do, and it's just my personal preference. However, when we were organizing this conversation, I know so many women are going to be able to relate to this, mm-hmm. and I feel it's important to bring it forward. So. This was a moment I have experienced in my, in my life, going into relationships and just being in dysfunctional relationships. And what I mean by that, it's like, I, you know, I'm over giving, um, I'm not treated very well and I just kind of accept it. And I'm like, oh, this is how I remember talking to a friend once and being like, oh, well, I'm in a relationship now. So, you know, it's work. And they're like, um, I don't think a relationship is supposed to feel like that. Mm. And it was such a foreign concept when they said that, and like <laughs> they're not. And so the fierce moment I had was I was living here in Sedona and I met someone and he was like my dream man, tall, handsome entrepreneur, like, you know, supposedly like in my, in my opinion, like had his life together, everything. Right. I, I was just like, oh my all god, the
0: boxes.
1: <laughs> this is it. And he, within four dates, he's like, "Come move in with me." And I had my place here, but I was just like, "Okay, like this is it." And he told me he wanted to marry me. The whole thing, and slowly in that relationship, I started to walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. I started to like fear his truck coming into the driveway. I started to, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. Mm, You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you slowly begin to disappear, you know? And, but I was so in love, I thought, you know, I thought this was, it was filling all the expectations from my childhood where it's like, okay. And like, now it's finally, after all of this work I've done on myself, it's finally happening (laughs) for me, right? Like, (laughs) And he reminded me so much of my mother too. And slowly mm-hmm. like the devaluing came, or he was criticizing, ev- like after being so in love with me, he was criticizing everything I did. And I was just like, I don't even know what I'm allowed to cook, what I'm allowed to cook. So I've backpacked through India by myself. I have backpacked through Mexico by myself. I've lived with wolves. I have been on, like, you know, I've had like four different businesses. Right. Um, I'm not someone who is like just sits in the corner, right? Like I'm not like (laughs) I definitely know that to be the case. (laughs) And here I am, not allowed to leave this man's house, terrified. Wow. And I'm like, what is going on? And it just so happened I had a girlfriend visiting me from LA, and she and I were going to talk about doing a retreat together. And I told him, hey, like, I'm going to stay at my place tonight. I need space. And he freaked out and was like, the next thing I knew, all of my stuff was in the driveway. Wow, Jen. Just like that. And my friend who was with me, she's like, thank God. Great. And she was so neutral and she like held the power. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I need to go see him. I need to like go coddle him. Right. 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 And. But that was, that was an awakening moment for me because I like, for those of you who know, this is love bomb devalue discard Mm. is very symptomatic of relationships with people who have narcissistic personality disorder, right? This drove me into my dark feminine descent. And I know we're going to get into what the dark feminine is in a moment, but I realized like wow, I have been calling in this pattern of relating my entire life, Yeah, whether it be with people I did business with, whether it be where I was just saw myself as like the sacrificial lamb and the martyr. And I had to work in order to be loved. I had to prove myself in order to be loved. And then it led me into some dark places I didn't want to go to. And the dark places were My childhood, sure, because I, you know, daughter of immigrants, Mexican, Cuban, and it's like you're you're raised and conditioned in a way that's like there's so much enmeshment in the family, and you know you, God forbid you you are critical of your parents or say anything bad about parenting, like or your parents, it's like so disrespectful. How dare you? You're a bad daughter. Mm -hmm. All of these things, but man, my ex and my mom had so much in common. Wow. And I remember going to Chicago after the breakup and I was a mess. And my mom's just like, well, maybe if he meets me, then he'll take you back. And she said something like, you know, you're not that you're, you're kind of difficult anyway. So like, this is probably going to be the best that you can do. Wow. Like something along those lines. And I was just sitting there like, it's painful. Sure. (laughs) Like, in that moment, like I understood what had happened to me. Right. And I understood why I had an attraction for this level of relationship. And that was like the dark feminine descent that started because I also want to speak to this. I think a lot of polarity teaching with be feminine and be submissive were really, really terrible. Like, They were, I thought I was being feminine and like submitting to his leadership when he was really just toxic and wanted to control me. And I, a lot of these relationship coaches, they don't go into the other aspects of the feminine, right. That are that, Holly energy, that are the ones that do not stand for injustice, that are the protectresses. And I think a lot of this is the distorted feminine because there's an overemphasis on the light feminine and the light feminine being beautiful aspects, the nurturing, the mothering, the caring, the compassion, the forgiveness. All of these are gorgeous aspects of the feminine, but there's an overemphasis of this in our patriarchal culture so that People don't have to take accountability. Right. Right. And we have been conditioned to play into this as women for so long. Calladita te ves más bonita. I know a lot of your people might speak Spanish. And that means like <laughs> when you're quiet, you look prettier. Yeah. And
0: and this is one of the aspects that I think we're all really wanting to awake um wake up into. And that's our voice, you know, being able to. Have those moments that you had in this relationship, because it sounds to me like it was like a a quiet drip and your intuition was like screaming at you going, hmm, what was that? But let me not let me not think about it because it feels comfortable. Right. The, The sad thing is that, you know, we all have to look at our childhood. It's a good thing because it uncovers those patterns that we're used to that make us feel comfortable and safe, even though they may not be right? Mm-hmm. And so he was safe. He he seemed like safety to you in some unconscious way, mm-hmm. but, but your intuition was going, wait a second, wait a second. And kudos to your intuition, because it's really, you know, all of the work that you have been doing, right? And I think that this is a fallacy too, that sometimes we believe, oh, I've taken that course. I've done that work. I'm done. And yet- one of the fiercest things that i think we can do is recognize that we're probably never done it's shades of healing right mm-hmm. and shades of uncovering where where i really have it where i've got it and this needs a little tweaking still you know because the life is going to show us life is going to show us where we still need you know to do that work and mm-hmm. and i'm so sorry jen you know i want to validate how you're feeling because you know I would, I'd say little girls and little boys, they want nothing more than the unconditional love of their mother, you know, yeah. and how hard it is to still be in that space where you're recognizing she's
1: not going to be the one to give that to me. Right. Yeah. And I think that's also just an initiation by spirit. Yeah. That's why I feel called to work with the great mother, with the divine, with the divine mother and the divine feminine. And um, as healers, it's the, the wounded healer, you know, it's mm-hmm. when we have such depth of understanding our own wounds, like the level of support that I get to offer the world. now the level of understanding, the level of discernment, the level of nuance because of this is I wouldn't have been able to, to do this without the experience. And so I do feel like, we choose our families. We choose the experiences that we have, even when they're they're difficult because like this led me into a great awakening. And I want to speak to a couple of things too, in terms of what you were saying on the healing. Yeah. Part of our patriarchal culture is an obsession with the yang expression and an obsession with peak experiences and an obsession with achievement. And this is also where we, don't honor the feminine. It's like, it's when we just see these, you know, you were on Forbes 40 under 40, you had this career milestone, career achievement. Okay. Like we are so focused on getting to places on arriving on achievement. And it's such a, a non-integrated way of being. And that's not how life is lived, right? Life is lived in the moments. Most people that, you know, um, who went through a divorce, they, it's not because they had one big fight. Mm-hmm. It's because of the, the corrosion over small moments over and over. And that is ultimately how life is lived. It's lived in the moments and that's more of the feminine, but yeah. we're always trying to charge ahead somewhere. And so, and that's also how I got into the relationship, like full ownership. I was in a very immature feminine, yeah, like wounded feminine space where it's like, I was the princess waiting. And now, now my, my prince has come to save me. I was waiting to be saved. saved. And mm-hmm. it's like this, you know, Disney culture that's like, okay. And then this will happen and then your life <laughs> will be resolved forever. Yeah. And it's like, sounds great. So in that, I'm just going to ignore all of the red flags because I'm so attached to this outcome. I want it so bad. And I didn't realize it at the time. Like I did not know how much I was attached to this narrative of like, and then I'm going to get married and find the one and like have babies and all of this, that I was willing to abandon myself over and over and over and over again for a fantasy, for a projection that wasn't even real. And that's, Also, it's a sign of trauma, but it's also like what exists in the culture, which is a lot of emotional immaturity where we can't be with the what is and see it for what it is because we're constantly trying to fit the narrative into like, this is where I'm supposed to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that that's going to hit, you know, hit a nerve for a lot of the women in this in this community as well, I think we've come so far, you know, and our awareness has really expanded when it comes to recognizing the game we've been playing, right. As Mm -hmm. professional women, as executive women who want to achieve, you know, who want to um, reach that pinnacle of success as they define it. And we get caught, caught up in that cycle, right. Of it needs to look this way. It has to be that way. This is what success is. And, um, And I think, and and I love watching so many women really come back down and say, it's okay. It's okay that I'm not on that track right now. It's okay that I take a break. It's okay that I figure out who I am right now, who I want to be right now and sit with what I'm feeling, right? Because part of that conditioning too is we can't feel. We can't feel, we can't cry, we can't express our rage, which is why I'm so thrilled with the event you're doing. And- And we get stuck in those patterns too of just keep going, keep going, keep doing, you know, don't feel it's okay. Try again and get to that next, you know, uh, stage of success. And we get caught up in that cycle over and over again. When, when really, like you said, Jen, it's that for me, it's, I call it flow. It's, can I be okay with what is in this moment and still be successful? Right. And I get to define what that means and maybe success today for me means that I'm going to spend a lot of time alone and really think, you know, listen to my thoughts, feel my emotions. Maybe I'm only going to do one thing today and achieving that one thing feels really good. I don't have to have 20 things on my list, right? So we get to, in the moment, really define what our success is and play with these archetypes, right? The depth of the feminine, And also look at the masculine and what's what, you know, what are the variances of that masculine energy as well? Mm -hmm. Um, So love that. So this may be a good segue into the divine feminine because Mm -hmm. it sounds like that is what you discovered in going through this uh, relationship. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Although I think my dark feminine has been, was initiated long before that with kind of like, different variations of the same situation, but when she really landed was, was after this, because you know, people ask what is the dark feminine and the dark feminine, it's like the three lower chakras. And part of what I was dealing with was I, because of my upbringing, my validation was very externalized. How do people love me? How um, the people-pleasing, the martyr, I will abandon myself for you over and over again. Just please love me. Please love me. It was the shadow side of the light feminine. It was like, and because of my, you know, childhood, I was able to shapeshift. Who do you need to be? Who do you need me to be? Right. I, will, I will be that. And relating was a performance. And so in many ways... I did not know who I was until my dark feminine descent and the dark feminine descent. It's you are in the dark. That's what makes it dark. And that means that I am not seeing things external to me. I am not hooking into the collective consciousness anymore. The dark feminine is a descent deep into sovereignty and truth. And in many ways, people are like, why do you call it the dark feminine? Cause it just, They're hooked into the collective consciousness where dark means bad, but part of the, you know, like there's also great mystery in the dark and there's great mystery in the feminine. Yes. The dark feminine is also where the void is, the cosmic void where, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about playing in the quantum field, right? The dark feminine, the dark is the quantum. It's the womb space where there was nothing. And all of a sudden there's massive life. There's everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the fear that people have with this, because it is a sacred reclamation of so many things. It's a sacred reclamation of yourself. And so there's so much power in this that we've been afraid to access because I don't want to feel my rage. You know, I never wanted to feel my rage. I was terrified of my anger because (sighs) of my childhood. Rage was used against me, and I was a sensitive kid. Rage was used to emotionally abuse me. Right. We're used to in this culture a power dynamic where money, sex, power are used over others. Of course, you have resistance with money when we're in (laughs) this culture. And like certain people, not all of them, but you know, money has been used to for slavery, like to justify slavery as an economic, like. Of course you are going to feel into what has happened historically and not be able to see the neutrality of money. Of course, when our sexuality is being, you know, um, pimped out to sell us stuff and women are used to, you know, performative sexuality where we actually don't have a relationship with our own pleasure, our own bodies. It's like everything for the gaze of the other, right? The, constant objectification and this is a culture that we grow up of course we do not have a healthy relationship with our sexuality not to mention religious upbringing Mm -hmm. that is shaming you for your very nature right you know mexican culture it's like i don't know if you've ever seen any telenovelas but it's like yes there's (laughs) la virgencita the virgin she's dressed all in white and she's good (laughs) And and then there's like the dark evil seductress that's just very <laughs> sexy and like provocative and she's like they're trying to like you know they're fighting over the same man the man never has to take accountability by the way it's always like <laughs> yeah it's women right and so it's like of course we have these preconceived notions that want to take us like that terrify us of our own power and then I mean, power, how many times have we seen the abuse of power in our culture? And so the dark feminine reclamation, I'll leave out the mystery school bits and keep it a little bit more basic. If you want the mystery school bits.
0: (laughs) That's (laughs) level
1: (laughs) 2.0. Exactly. or like (laughs)
0: 5.0.
1: Precisely. But it's really a reclamation of all of who we are because we can't have that compassion that fierce compassion without fierce boundaries, yeah. the dark feminine through going into our sacred rage, we learn and understand what our boundaries are. We learn to, you know, um, we learn to understand and honor ourselves in the dark feminine yeah. and we're, we're not used to it, but like women, it's like, okay, you know, even our title, like Miss it like the word Ms. did not exist until the 1980s. But even like "miss" or Mrs. it was so relational to
0: yeah, are you married?
1: <laughs> like, do you belong to someone? You belong to not? someone. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have access to like money, credit cards in our own name until the 1970s in yeah. the, in America, in the United States. And so, when we talk about reclaiming sovereignty for women, there are a lot of cultural and collective and familiar and um, ancestral things that we do get to decondition, which is part of the dark feminine. Yeah. And from there, we find like our wholeness and mm-hmm. we find who we are at our essence and how does that essence want to express? And that is liberation.
0: I really love that because what comes up for me um, in so many ways in working with the five elements, you know. And even traditional astrology, you know, the 12th house, right? That's the womb area. That's total darkness, right? And um and and that's where we're connected. We're connected to our human our human life, which you know is coming, and we're connected to the divine. You know, it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful space. <laughs> the darkness is nurturing, the darkness is life-giving, you know, and so I love. You know, I love that you've gone with darkness for for a couple of reasons. It captures the attention because we all need to realize that there is a layer of uncovering that needs to take place. And and in many ways, the only way we can uncover it is separation, right? Mm -hmm. Separating ourselves from what has been and going into this deep, dark place to really find the truth of, you know. Mm our life, but in the truth, you're never alone in that darkness. You're never alone. You're always, always connected to spirit. You're always guided. You're always loved. You're always nurtured. And um, so I'm imagining Jen, not knowing much about, you know, the program itself of the divine feminine, but that it it really becomes a space where n- not only your, 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 coming to that place of wholeness, but it, it truly does not feel dark. And at the end, it feels very filled with light. You know what I mean? It, there's that dichotomy Oh,
1: hundred <laughs> percent. And it's, and that's the thing, you know, like people want to feel the reason that we chase these achievements is because we want to feel something. And that, you know, I've taught sales for a really long time. Yeah. People, they, the, our motivation to do things is always emotional. And that's what people don't understand. They, they want to, they will justify it with their logic, with their cognition, with like, I'm doing this because of this and this and this and this and this, but ultimately we chase things because we're chasing an emotion. Mm -hmm. I want to get married and then I will be happy. I want to have a baby and then I will be happy. I want to reach this milestone in my career and then I will be happy. I want to, Buy this brand new Mercedes convertible and then I will be happy. Yeah. And so, what the gift of the dark feminine is, it's like we get there's an integration between our light and dark feminine because we can't. It's a whole, a wholeness. Yeah. And most of the people I work with, and by the way, like I work with men as well on this mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like claiming our actual desires and going for them directly that we are taught to manipulate. Yes. And manip- like, it's just like, Oh, like, Oh, I'll do this. Um, I'll do this for you because I like you, but actually I want something from you. Right. And we're not clear with that with ourselves. And we're not clear with that with other people and it is manipulation we don't want to look at it like that because right. we've been conditioned to like exist in this way. I mean, I lived in Mexico for a while and like, that's so much of the culture. It's like so relational where it's like, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Right, it's like kind right. of this transaction like yes. inherent in, in that. But when we learn that we can just desire things and want them and speak them clearly and be like, mm. Hey, I desire this from you. Like it allows people freedom of consent. I'm mm. like, yeah, I would love to give that to you <laughs> versus like, okay, my inner child wants attention. So I'm going to post a super sexy photo of me on Instagram because I want attention. And when I'm going to just like, pretend to be mad at my boyfriend because I want attention <laughs> and like versus just being like, I want attention right now. Right. And it's not like you have to fill. And this is another fallacy of like, we have to do it alone. And like, so fill it within yourself, sister, be so independent, yeah. like that yeah. hyper independence, like, no, we need connection. We need people in our lives. Like it is healthy. It is very healthy to be in relationship. We are like not, necessarily always romantic relationship but to be in relationship with others and have that and when we can do it from a place that's really healthy and loving and clear it like it's not bypassing our own needs and gaslighting our own needs feeling like I want attention but I don't get to have it it's like okay like I want attention great what what quality does that look you know what I would just love to be held right now or I want I want to read a story I wrote or like, I want someone to witness me in this moment. Okay. Like, all right. Like where can I receive that? Mm. And sometimes it's like, Hey, there's an open mic night going on tonight. And so it's like learning how to fulfill our needs from a healthy way.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: And so it sounds like
0: really, um, you doing this deep dive of the dark feminine, reclaiming your sovereignty one of the ways that we can find the balance right because what i'm hearing is we can get caught up in this cycle which many women do and men as well of i have to fulfill my own i have to be independent completely independent. i don't want any help you know um i will be sovereign all to myself but really it's the healthy the healthy part of this is finding the balance of the two and it sounds like hearing you express it is really deeply connecting with the emotion in the moment, right? Like this is mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. this is what I desire. And then the kicker is actually being able to communicate it with confidence, with groundedness and um, and it creates that beautiful exchange, you know, hopefully, if mm-hmm. you're with the right person, right? Because I'm also seeing this as, if I show up in this way and it's not mirrored back to me or accepted, then that's probably a good sign that this person is not a, a good person for me.
1: <laughs> Am I right about that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't have the capacity. Like, they don't, don't have really- the capacity. Mm-hmm. And you know, another reason I call this the dark feminine is because I know that people fear the dark feminine and like, there's kind of an initiation in going into the dark feminine and Part of that initiation is like, she's not for super beginners in many ways, because you do have to go like, be radically honest with yourself and radically authentic and not have your excuses. Yeah. And, and I like, I'm responding to you in this way because she takes discernment. And so your question right now, it takes discernment is it that this person can't fulfill? Because a lot of times like our, if we have childhood trauma, which I think a lot of us do, or if we have like, to ask for what you need from someone that you care about is a deeply vulnerable thing.
0: It is. yeah, It's
1: deeply vulnerable. And so if someone says, I can't right now and your system goes into, they don't love me. Like, it's like reacting to that rejection of like, the discernment necessary is like, okay, like they don't have the capacity to meet me right now. And they've met me in other times. And they are actually like really overwhelmed with some personal things. And I can honor and respect their sovereignty. And I can respect where they're at and understand that this person cannot fulfill all of my needs. How can I also get those needs met? And this conversation is like, it's not sexy. What we've been taught is sexy is like, you find the one and then they like, they fulfill everything that you could possibly desire. And by the way, they anticipate your needs. They take you to Greece. They feed you grapes. (laughs) They fan you. You know, it's like, and it's just, okay, but where is that person's sovereignty? Where is that person's like, I believe in sacred union. I believe that you know the feminine can be on her knees in devotion to the masculine, and the masculine can be in complete devotion where he would give his life mm-hmm. for the feminine. I, I believe this, and it takes a high level of discernment and understanding and um, reverence for our humanity for the, the other person's humanity and for our own humanity to really have that kind of dynamic exist and live in a way that's healthy and in a way that's not collapsing or enmeshing into another. So like yeah, a healthy interdependence.
0: You said it, it's, it's healthy and it, we have to work on our, our own health, right? Mm-hmm. Both, both parties in this partnership and um and we do have to achieve that level of interdependence. I mean, it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Mm-hmm. How often are you seeing that happen in working with others, in just your experience of doing this work, um, and maybe the relationships that have shown up for you since this fierce moment?
1: You know, I like I am still in a place of like I'm healing in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the relationship I talked about, that was in late 2021. And so we are in May of 2023. And what I've seen in my own personal experience is learning how to be in more discernment because that was a very, very big, there were very obvious abuse that was happening and so now it's like something tiny happens. Someone doesn't keep their word and I'm like and I don't know them that well. And so right. it's like it's it's a difference between when you know someone and and like there's there's grace, you know, but then it's like oh. Okay. Like what's going on is the discernment is like far more precise in my mm-hmm. experience. And I'm relating in the world in a way that feels much safer for me, much more self-expressed, much more authentic, much more like before I was just like, Oh, you want kids? I want kids too. And the truth is like, I don't really want to have children. Like I, <laughs> you know, like I'm good. Yeah. And I feel like I would abandon myself. So to shapeshift so that I would be liked so much that there is still a process that's happening and this is just really real with like, you know, I know that like the sales end is like, okay, I was this and now I'm this and you could do it too. And that hasn't been my journey. What I've seen with my clients, because I don't, I'm not a relationship coach, but I do teach you how to relate to yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can exist in relationships, whatever that looks like for you. So a couple of things. One, I do think that we are all individual beings that have, you know, individual templates of what works for us, what our needs are and what don't work. And I think in understanding our needs, we have a greater chance of finding relationships that can actually meet it when we're actually really, really honest. So right. what I've seen with my clients is just like, they don't, they're not trying to fill themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was with achievement whether that was with Mm. sex, whether that was with like, yeah, relationships, it's like, there's a peace and a trust with the unknown and with life and with co-creating in life that wasn't there before. Yeah. There's, when we go into the dark feminine, we also, we heal the wounded feminine, but we also heal the wounded masculine that seeks to try to control everything in our environment so that We like, so that we're safe, you know? And so there's less trying to control, less hypervigilance, less of that. And there's more overall peace because if I know my danger, if I know like my power, I don't need to go around trying to control others or go around trying to prove my power. I don't need to knock people down. I don't need to engage in these, in these things so that I can prove how powerful I am. That's what the powerless do. Right. It's like when you know that you are a lion, lions hang out, sleep like 20 hours a day (laughs) and they don't worry about anything and they can just
0: chill. That's that's, that's what I want.
1: They hunt when they need to hunt.
0: Beautiful. Yes. When
1: someone is threatening them, they fight. Mm -hmm. Other than that, they just hang out. They love each other. They hang out. You know, lives. and you can
0: sense that. You can really sense that. And I, I um, when I was growing up in the workforce as a young executive, probably one of the youngest executives in like a group full of, you know, high toot and flute and smart people that I always felt I needed to prove myself, right? Like they got to, they got to understand why I'm here. They have to understand that I can contribute, that I can, you know, say something powerful and. And in the beginning, it was like that. It's like, and then over time, as you learn these valuable pieces of information and do the work, and you can source your power as you're speaking to, um, it's just amazing how comfortable you can feel and in your authority, being in a space like that and not having to say a word. And not, not caring if anybody is, you know, wondering why you're not saying a word, um, you know, and it just, and when you're in that space, after having done that work, and you experience another person kind of doing the opposite, it's just, it's astounding, you know, yeah. so feeling and being able to sense someone's power without having to say a word, and then when you do speak, you hear that person's truth, you hear their authenticity you, you see and feel their contribution. It's, um, it's quite extraordinary.
1: Yeah. And people respond to it. You know, Mm -hmm. there are so many um, leaders that are kind of the, it's like for the feminine, it's like this quiet power yeah. where, and that's the other thing that has like really drastically changed for my clients is embodiment. Yeah. Again, because of our patriarchal culture, we're like obsessed with intellect, obsessed with the mind, obsessed with making sense. And it cuts off so much of ourselves. And that's where sexuality comes into play, like where it's our level of embodiment, our level of like, is the truth just in here where it's a cons- there's like a difference between knowing and knowing. Mm hmm. And when we actually know with our bodies, we can actually experience safety wherever we are. Mm
0: -hmm. Whereas
1: like when we're trying to do mindset work and we're just like, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. And like trying to like do all of the things and like mindset and analyze and, you know, Tony Robbins is amazing. He is one of the, you know, um, grandfathers of personal development in our world. And so much of it is this analytical mindset work of like, what's true, what's not true. Neurolinguistic programming, like a lot of the coaching modalities. And again, it's just like our culture has been. It's a disregard to the feminine, to the wisdom of the body. And yeah. we now know the body keeps a score. We now know that trauma lives in the body. We now know that like, we have to bring the body along. You know, I used to work with clients so much in sales and like money mindset. And it's like, if they would constantly be up and down unless they knew the wisdom of their body that wants that expansion and wants it in a sustainable way. When we bring the body along, it's sustainable. When it's only in the mind, we're constantly like, okay. I get to have a $20,000 a month. I get to have like, let me like, okay, law of attraction. (laughs) Let me do all of the things. And again, we're trying to control constant hustle. Even if it's not like the hustle, like we're just constantly in the state of control and hypervigilance versus like being able to rest in our power, rest in our desire. And so ultimately what I help clients with is, embodiment yeah. is like going into the body and experiencing themselves in a completely new way. And instead of like, okay, I have an awareness that I have this trigger. And so da, 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 it's like, huh, I had a triggering experience and it was a level two. And in the past, the same thing happened to me. And it was a level 10. That's because we worked on the level of the body. You're not having to constantly manage or control things anymore. And that gives like,
0: and that's where just even creating space for it, right? Because you're speaking to the way we, we operate in, in the workforce. It's all the mind, it's all strategy. It's all, you know, goal setting. It's all checking off the list. It's, And, and we don't create the space to actually feel ourselves, to sit with ourselves, to pause and actually connect with, is this something that I want to do? Right. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan, huge fan of, of Esther Hicks and, um, and Abraham Mm -hmm. and they can be, you know, a lot of people who don't go deep enough with their, with their studies would would say that, oh, they're just telling you to be positive. And that's not what they're saying. You know, what they're saying is we can attract that which we desire. I want a $20,000 day, right? But we don't attract it from here, to your point. We attract it mm-hmm. from here. And so, you know, they're the first to say when you're not in alignment, when you are thinking that you want a $20,000 day, but you're not getting it, you have to go be happy right now. You have to go feel rich right now, right? And so the 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 little lesson in that is what makes me happy? Well, drinking a cup of coffee makes me happy. Well, great. Go grab your cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Sit outside and just think of how beautiful this day is, how abundant you feel sitting here just sipping on your coffee and not, you know, um, mm-hmm. rushing, not, you know, thinking that you have to do 10,000 things right now and and so the embodiment is so critical in all of mm-hmm. these practices that we're that we're talking about um i know we're getting short on time i can't believe it's already been 15 minutes Jim, but i want to talk about two things um first talk to me about your event coming up because i think this is so important and um and what i want to say is we shouldn't have to go to an event to do this, you know? And I know that when you and I had, when we were, you know, exchanging sessions, that was one of the things you had me do, right. Was get into my rage. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I valued that so much because I have to say that, you know, a part of me growing up too was listening to that voice of no, 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 we don't get mad. We don't get angry. Mm -hmm. We don't show our rage. Right. And so, um, such a beautiful practice. So why are you doing this event? Why did it come, you know, why was it burst out of you and tell us about it?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sacred I am teaching people how to, in a healthy way and through their bodies experience their rage. And I'm also teaching people how to get into mm-hmm. their rage. Cause I had no idea how to get into my anger at first. Yeah. So we're going to go, And why is this important? Because like, listen, it's not a great selling point. Like, hey, let's feel rage together. Mm -hmm. Rage and anger are deeply uncomfortable emotions. And for good reason, they're uncomfortable so that you can see how much you are violating your own boundaries, your own agreements with yourself. Like when we're angry with ourselves, it's telling us something. Our emotions are always honest. They're always communicating something to us. And in our culture, especially with women, it's like, be a good girl. Oh my God she's an angry or no, like the angry feminist. Oh, she's angry and she's bitter and like, be afraid of her. And like, no, none of us want to be that way. And yet, so what that creates is like, we suppress, we stuff down, we stuff down. And then we um, are passive aggressive or resentful. And the thing is, energy doesn't lie. It's felt. And so even if you're just like, I'm fine. I don't need to feel rage. I'm cool. I'm going to go and like love and light y'all all all the time. All of this. Like you can do that until the cows come home, but your energy doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's going to come out is going to be in far more subtle, toxic ways versus just owning, like, I have rage. I'm angry. Let me, let me allow myself to understand what I feel angry about. Oh my gosh. I took on way too much and I am sacrificing my own body in this and my body's exhausted and it's been trying to scream. It's been trying to talk to me in whispers and I actually haven't been listening. And so now that I know this, and now that I've expressed my rage at myself for agreeing to take on all of these projects to, for agreeing to like, be on the PTA for agreeing to like take the kids and like, you know, for like being good or for the whatever it is. I'm using that as an example. I now know what my body needs and how to care for myself. And the level and depth of rage that you go to is also the level of depth that you've abandoned yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you know this and you experience it through your body, it alchemizes something and you can't unsee it. And therefore you begin to behave differently. Someone asked you to do, like, you just felt like all of this, like, anger and rage. Someone asked you to do something and it was like, I am so sorry, I can't commit to it. Versus what you used to be doing (laughs) in the past. (laughs) And so the thing about rage and the reason people, you know, fear it a lot is like, we have negative connotations with it. Road rage, it's a terrible thing. It kills people, whatever, whatever the case, right? That like is told to us. and when we get over that rage is actually, it's a fire emotion. And I know you work with the elements. And Mm -hmm. so like rage, anger, those are fire emotions and fire is alchemical. Mm -hmm. It transforms anything it comes into contact with. And so what we really feel fear and feeling our rage is we fear change because when we experience our rage, it's like, guess what? I am no longer available for that shit. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer available I'm not like no no and no (laughs) and maybe there's a part of our good girl that's like oh my god I'm going to lose love no one will care if I don't do this for other people who I you know and I'm speaking from my own experience and so this is why we resist rage and this is also the gift of rage and the gift of rage it's like that quiet power that you have Mm -hmm. it's like you don't need to ask me if I'm a yes or a no, you will feel it. And sometimes (laughs) it's like, we don't need to have a conversation about that. And what it does is like, it seals up your field. So it's like, I'm not available for this. And therefore I'm no longer attracting that. Because I actually somatically sealed up my field, I allowed myself the full expression, I know the preciousness of my my energy now of my body. I'm not going to violate that because I went to the depths of it. It's similar to grief when we allow ourselves to fully feel grief. Yeah. We, we then know how deeply we are capable of loving. And we're a lot more discerning about who we love. We're a lot more discerning about who gets to be in our life. And so, sacred rage party we are going to learn how to rage with ourselves. (laughs) It's a virtual party. It's going to be really potent and powerful. And it's, you're investing in you. And you're going to, feel. I mean, there's like a runner's high that you get after like you really have a good rage session. And it's also how to contain your rage. So it's not towards anyone else. So it's not, so you're not like sending these energetic arrows of anger towards your enemy. You're resolving with you. Yes. And how to energetically like contain that so that like, it isn't uh, something that's violent towards others. I love it. And when is it, when is it happening? It is April 19th. There will be a recording. It is one o'clock Pacific, which is what four PM four Eastern. And we'll be together Two and a half hours or so. Okay. Like we're gonna get into our like. Don't worry if you don't feel rage or anger. Like I will,
0: <laughs> You're I'll help her that. within it. you.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it, and and then we will we'll learn the modalities of how to express it, and then we will go into. I'll have some some music playing. We'll go into it, and and then we will you know come together and seal up that container and close and share experiences.
0: Oh my goodness. I, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm going to take a look. I, I know I looked at the date originally and like, gosh, I, I don't know if I can do it. And I'm, yeah. and so I'm going to look at it again. Cause I definitely want to be there. Um, But I'm assuming you're going to have more and more of these. It's not a, just a one-time thing.
1: <laughs> it, you know, it depends. Like it might just be a one-time thing, uh, but there will be a recording, you okay. know, I think that's it so that people who purchase it can be like okay I want to rage and I don't want to sometimes it's easier to have someone guide you into yeah. it when you know that you need it cuz it's it's hard to go into the denser emotions by ourselves you know it's like it takes a lot of courage to actually truly go there and when we're when we're that's a gift of like having a rage party when we're with other people and like they're all engaged in this it's like the energy builds and we also have like Radical acceptance for the emotion will hear like, you know, probably hear me screaming and grunting and like, whatever. <laughs> and like, it's like, oh, I have permission to fully express. Yeah. It.
0: Beautiful, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. So, I mean, we're like at an hour pretty much. I, um, I guess a, a last question would be, I mean, you've done so much work. I remember when we first, we both have, right? Like we're not who we were when we first met each other, you know, and, it, and that's a beautiful thing and i love seeing that when i reconnect with with people um what what was it that kind of opened you up to really doing all of this internal work and n- not living in that space that you were living in before right like above the surface
1: <laughs> i mean one um i've always been very into spirituality and i always felt like a strong spiritual connection You know, I, I was able to sense my deceased grandmother as a child, like, and I know that you, you have similar gifts and, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I was just obsessed with God in so many different ways. Like at 15, I became a born again, Christian, Mm -hmm. uh, became a Buddhist when I was 18, start learned how to meditate, got into shamanism, got into plant medicines at a very early age at like 19, 20 years old, started working with the Mexica in Chicago, like the Aztec. Aztec. And so, um, I feel like I've, I've felt, and then I started yoga. Like I have been, you know, spiritually promiscuous in right. the ways that like I've got, but I feel like I've always felt this call of God, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's a I've way to put it. Yeah. A deep connection. Yeah. And so mm. what got me more into the formalization of like, Personal development was really entrepreneurship. Yeah. I knew I was ambitious. I knew I wanted to do something. And I was like, oh wow, like I'm I'm watching, wow, like someone is doing, they're fully self-expressed and they're making money. Right. <laughs> Why do I do that? And then, you know, there's like all the mindset work on self-expression, all the mindset work on money, all like so that was my gateway drug was entrepreneurship, hiring a business coach and like learning. That it's not just building skill set; it's like myself as a holistic being that I bring into entrepreneurship because it's yeah. like the only one to like. It's no longer a boss to blame or like. A that's strategy right. Strategy <laughs> to blame. You were the one to like, not blame, but you like. It's all you. It's all the you. Responsibility that that entails, and so that's how I got into it. Wow! Um, yeah.
0: Great. And and if you could share, like obviously like myself, you know, you've learned so many different practices through all of the different, you know, modalities, um, that you've, that you've been through. Um, but is there one practice that has sustained you and helped you kind of stay in that, in that space and that grounded space being connected, you know, to spirit, to God?
1: Okay. There, I feel like I, I like variety. So it's like what my flavor of the week is. And um, one practice is morning pages. This Mm -hmm. is coming from the book, the artist's way. Yeah. And it's, you write three pages, no more, no less. And there is no formula. Like it's, you're not trying, you're not writing for anyone. Like it's you with you. And sometimes you just get up and you're just like I'm writing like I think it's so stupid that I have to write these pages. I don't know why I make myself do it, you know, but it's like, it's an opportunity for you to deeply listen to yourself. Yeah. And I think, you know, from my childhood, giving that to myself and get like prioritizing that to myself, it has led to so many deeper layers of what's alive right now. Like, you know, like I woke up feeling really cranky today and I did my morning pages and I'm like, okay, like, I, I have a sense of what, what I need right now. And I was able to reach out to some friends that like, I know have my back and ask them like, Hey, you guys, I need some, I need some reassurance right now. I feel a little lost with this and I feel like just, you know, what's, what's underneath the what's kindness. underneath. Yeah. And so it's intimacy mm-hmm. with myself. And so morning pages are one of my favorites and I love somatic. So, yeah. you know um, I come from more of a tantric, like lineage in terms of spiritually. And so we do a lot of like shaking and movement and shaking Mm -hmm. the spine and like moving things out of us and like resetting the nervous system through the body. And I feel like just organically, I do that a lot now. Like I don't even think about it anymore, but I'll just be like shaking. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: Love it, honey. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here today and sharing what you're up to Sharing your fierce moment. I know it's not easy, you know, and 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 I know that I get this a lot when I ask people the questions, like, oh gosh, I think I have so many moments. And I like hearing that. I like that we have a lot of fierce moments because that means we're doing the work and we're slowly getting to that place where we are being ourselves, our authentic selves, using our authentic voices, you know, and and slowly becoming the embodiment of, of who we are meant to be. So I Mm -hmm. honor you. Thank you for being here today. And I will be posting the links that you shared with me so that everybody knows how to get in touch with you and hopefully join the sacred rage party. So my
1: huntress retreat or the huntress retreat.
0: Yes. In October, you said, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. I will talk to you you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Fierce and Flowing. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you prefer to watch it, make sure to find my YouTube link in the show notes. And I would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at I. Am. Monique Renee And that's with two E's. Can't wait to catch you next week and on Instagram as well. Until then make sure to tap into your fierceness and prioritize your flow. See you soon!